Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is April 2nd, 2023. Time is 6.56 p.m. Special guest in the studio, Rusty Shackleford. What's up, man? Uh, how you doing, buddy? How's it feel to be on this side of the mic? I know you listen to the show. It's different. Is it different? It's very different. Dude. Like I said, this is my first podcast, so hopefully I'll screw up today. Oh, you'll be totally fine, man. Just, you know, yell at the mic. That's what we all do. So, uh, guys, I've met Rusty out at Prepper Camp last year. He's coming to Prep Stock this year. He's also on Clapper at Rusty Shackleford 06, I believe. Is that correct? That is correct. Rock on. And uh, we didn't call this a Clapper meetup, even though everybody probably would have liked us to call it a Clapper meetup. Um, but the show we're doing today is going to be based on comms. We haven't done a comms episode on its Doomsday podcast, I think, in like two years. So it's it's definitely time for a comms update. So I think let's let's start with your disclaimer and let's start with the legalities of this first. So all the information that I'm going to be given is stuff to be used in a doomsday. Understand that you have to have a license from the FCC to transmit on an amateur radio or GMRS. I don't want anybody to go out and do anything that's going to get them in trouble with the government. Please don't do that. The information I am giving you is going to be when the FCC is non-existent. You do have to have a license to transmit. You do not need a license to listen. Now, also, don't be an idiot and leave your radios out around your kids and have them start talking to people at emergency services. Because that'd probably be really bad for you as well. Yes. So as far as I'm concerned, as, as far as legalities go, my side of this is you can learn how to use comms without utilizing things you have to have a license for. For example, you could screw around with two-ways and walkie-talkies and CB radios and stuff like that and don't have to worry about the license and at least get some background on comms and how to properly communicate and use these. I know it doesn't seem... Like, they would be hard to use, but you have these people that do not know how to mic- key up a radio, right? That's correct. You have people that start talking before they key it up, or they're not done talking yet and they release the key button. I've worked with people that are very shitty over the radio. Yes. Right? The the, the thing is, is, you need a license for amateur radio and GMRS. So, if you get a CB radio, which is Citizen Band Radio Service, you do not need a license for that. That is a great way to get into learning communications and then and just the basics of it on how it all understands. And then when you get your license, it's a license to learn. And that's where you can really start experimenting and practicing to get better and make contact with people that are 
you know, in your county, the next state over, in the next continent. It, it is very possible to do. You know, the, the big thing for me is everybody underestimates how important comms are. Um, they're a big, big deal. And what I've said in past episodes, it doesn't matter if there's somebody invading a property, invading your area, or if it's a situation where you're in the next room and you need another roll of toilet paper. Having that calm, having that ability to radio somebody and say, hey, this is what's going on. Sharing that information, sharing that knowledge is a very, very big deal. Yes, it. all of the books that I have read, communication becomes a very big part of the way life is going to become. It, it will be walking to your closest neighbor that might be two miles away. If you have the ability to communicate through VHF or UHF, that is going to make life a lot easier. You're going to be able to pick up transmissions from other areas to see exactly what may be going on in the country. If something happens in the United States, you're going to be able to get news from somebody that has that information. So even just being able to listen to a radio is going to give you a lot of good information. Oh, absolutely. Now, let's get into these frequencies here. So you've got HF. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a guru at this stuff. I don't know any any of this stuff, really. But So HF, high frequency. Yes. All right? UHF, ultra high frequency. Yes. VHF, very high frequency. Yes. Okay. Now, what are the differences with these? Because HF, I, I thought HF didn't require a license. It it does. Okay, so now, okay, it does. So there's three levels for amateur radio operators. It's technician, general, and amateur extra. Your technician will cover you on the UHF, which is 70 centimeters, the VHF, which is the two-meter band, and it will cover you a little bit on the 10-meter band, which is HF. If you get your general license, that will cover you for a lot more of the general and your amateur extra will just open you up to certain sections of those bands. So a lot of people will get their amateur license. They'll stop at general because they have all of the access to them. But the amateur extra just opens you up for those different bands. Are you looking for something kick-ass to add to your closet? Reaper has the hookup for t-shirts, hoodies, button-ups, hats, beanies, and plenty of other badass products. You can check out Reaper Apparel Company at www.reaperapparelco.com and use code DOOM10 for 10% off. Jester only stands behind brands he believes in, and Dan at Reaper Apparel has a mission, and Jester is on board. Go check out www.reaperapparelco.com today and use code DOOM10 for 10% off your entire order. Why be a sheep when you can reap? Use code DOOM10 for 10% off at www.reaperapparelco.com today. Gotcha. Okay. So this, so for those of you out there listening, I'm not a ham radio operator. I do own radios. I do own ham radios, but I don't have the licenses. I never went and took the classes. I never got any of that stuff. So, you know, the big thing for me is this is not just educational for you guys out there. This is educational for me as well, I would say. That's the goal. That's why I started putting out Clapper videos, the better off the, the more everybody knows, the better off we're all going to be if something happens. Right, exactly. And I thought it was, I thought it was interesting when you started making content because it kind of came out of nowhere. 
It was, man. You you were actually my inspiration for that. I was like, you know, Jester does this stuff. I can take what I know and put it out there. And if one person learns something and they're a little smarter than they were yesterday, then I feel like I've done something good. Right, exactly. And I'm happy to see that there are more content creators out there putting out the preparedness content. It It is making a big deal because it's not just getting information to people wanting the information. It's also people are waking up and saying, hey, I never thought about that before. Maybe I should think about this. Or if this is that serious, maybe I should take it seriously. That that was my whole thing. You know, a part of it was I started reading a lot of books, and that was the common theme among all the books was communication. So I just sat back one day and said, you know, I think I'm going to start learning about ham radios and communication because it's one of the older forms of communications other than Morse code, you know, and that's just where I said, you know what, I'm just going to start learning it. And that's just where it is. I've had a couple of people ask me a couple of questions about it and here we are. Okay. So I think one thing we should jump into on the show is, you know, the different kinds of comms that are available out there to everybody right now, what people can purchase right now, what they can get right now, what they could be training with right now. Um, and I think we should get into the benefits of all those. So my the biggest uh, one that I utilize right now on my property are just general two-ways, right? Regular two-way radios. Uh, what I like about the two-ways, they're cheap. They don't require a license. They're easy to maintain. They're easy to operate, right? And you can kind of put, like, the sub-channels in there so everybody else isn't hearing you. Right. And everybody else isn't jumping on your channel. Right. The, the, the They're called privacy codes. And... What you're describing sounds like it's an FRS system, which you're correct. You do not need a license for. And they're good for about a mile, in all honesty. And what I have found is really it just depends on your antenna and your power output is going to determine how far you can reach out to somebody. But on your property or a mile around your group, an FRS radio is going to work just fine. Any kind of handheld radio is going to work just fine. So... There are different levels and different outputs. Like I have a little handheld right now. It puts out five to eight watts. I could probably reach out about two miles, but it also depends on whoever is going to be receiving that signal as well, if they're going to be able to communicate with you. Just because they can hear you doesn't mean they're going to be able to talk to you. Right, yeah. There's been there's been many times I've picked up radio signals and I've tried to chime back and never got anything, right? So, I mean, for me, the thing I like about the two ways is they're easy for the kids to operate. They're easy if my wife wants to pick one up and utilize it. She yep. knows how to do it. They're they're not very difficult. And what I've come to find is, you know, whether very cheap or very expensive, a lot of those radios will communicate with one another. Yes. Yeah, so, which has been nice. Yeah. So the actually the GMRS and the FRS radio services, they share channels and frequencies. The GMRS requires a license from what I've understood, it just really comes out to the power output, and that's the legality. I could be wrong, but if you have those radio services, you could use them interchangeably. Same thing with amateur radio. If you punch in a frequency for a GMRS radio, you can communicate back and forth. Do not do that today. It's not legal. This is for a doomsday scenario when there's no FCC listening. Right. So, <laughs> But that's just something... To, to put that out there, it, it is doable. There are options. There are things you can do to listen and talk to communi- to to talk to people just in case you don't have their exact type of radio. 
Do you have enough food in your pantry for when disaster strikes? Go to www.readywise.com and utilize code DOOM10 for 10% off your entire food order. ReadyWise offers long-term food storage items such as chicken and beef that last up to 15 years. But that's not all. Go to www.readywise.com and use our code DOOM10 for 10% off of organic food as well. Offering chili, pasta, and soups, they have you covered. Did we mention they have fruits? Bananas, blueberries, strawberries, and apples, just to name a few. With many more food options for your home, car, or bug-out bag, ReadyWise has your six. Go to www.readywise.com now and utilize code DOOM10 for 10% off. Right, so something... Like, I want to give you a little story of something that happened uh, last time we were out. So we take the FJ Cruiser out. We're off-roading, right? Okay. We're out in ten- the mountains of Tennessee. We meet up with this guy. He's from New York. Okay. And he's out there by himself, and he's like, hey, man, have you ever been here before? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, I haven't. Do you know where to go, what to do? And I was like, dude, honestly, I just come out here and explore, man. I don't have – I have a map, right? So I know yeah. I know how to get where I'm going, but I don't know what the trails are going to be like along the way. So what exactly. do you, you know, what do you want to do? And he said, well, you know, I'll I'll lead. And I said, okay, cool. And I was like, hey, do you have a two-way? He says, yeah. So, again, didn't plan on meeting this guy there from totally different states. He's from up in New York. And the next thing I know, him and I are communicating on these two-ways because both smart enough to think ahead to have a radio in our vehicles and no programming, no nothing. Hey, I'm jumping on Channel 5. Okay, cool. I'll be on Channel 5. And the whole time going through the tra- trails, we're able to communicate. Didn't have to, and that's what's so beneficial about it. Because if you run into people that have the two ways, and you need to communicate, you're going to be able to do that. It's going to be a benefit. Yes, and and the good thing about it is, especially with FRS and GMRS, they share frequencies. So if I'm walking down the street and I meet somebody, hey man, what you know, just exactly in your situation, you might have an FRS radio, he might have GMRS, so you're able to communicate with them and. You know, ham radio, honestly, and CB radio, if you get the frequencies, you can pull them up online. You can write them down. You can program them in. Are you allowed to do it now? No. But it's an option down the road. It And that's what my goal is for people to know that you have options down the road in case you have an emergency and all you have are CB frequencies. You know, channel, I think it's channel nine is the emergency band, you know, for, you know, Pull it up and start calling and say, I need help. Right. No, I got you. So let's get into let's get into the CB side of this. So I, I keep a CB in the truck, mounted in the truck. Yeah. And I have a handheld that I utilize that I could take output in a different vehicle if I need to, you know, or, or utilize it at the house, whatever. So CBs, I, I think everybody's pretty familiar with the CB radios. Everybody right? associates them with tractor trailers, truck drivers, stuff like that. Right. So, and I mean, typically these are all 40-channel radios. That's correct. So, I mean, this this is a system, if you have the CB radios, you're going to continuously scan channels till you find what you want anyway. Right? Yeah, as, as, but the thing is with the scan feature, though, is somebody really has to be talking on it in order for you to know that somebody's on it. If you happen to scan through the frequencies and nobody is taking, nobody's talking, they're in between breaths or whatever, it's going to skip right over. But if you're in a an emergency situation or a bad situation, you can sit there and scan through one at a time 
until you hear people talking and then you can start trying to reach out to them. Fire is one of the most basic essentials for survival. Whether you're camping, hiking, or preparing for disaster, Blackbeard has your six. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com and utilize code DOOMSDAY for 10% off your entire purchase. Blackbeard offers stormproof matches, plasma arc lighters, fire starters, and ferro rods, all of which are great for your bug out bag. Once again, go to www.blackbeardfire.com and utilize code DOOMSDAY for 10% off your entire purchase. So, okay, let's talk about that for a second, if people aren't talking or if people are talking. So the one thing I found, that, well, the one reason I think CBs would be really good in an apocalyptic situation, specifically an apocalyptic situation, is because of this. Your truck drivers are going to know what's going on first. Exactly. Before anybody. They're going to see military transports on the highway. They're going to know when certain exits are locked down, if state lines are locked down. They're going to know if there's foreign entities, you know, going up and down the highways, in and out of towns. Truck drivers are going to be your greatest source of information. I mean, not even not even that kind of situation. Even in a disaster, if you've got a bad storm or something, they're going to say, hey, Interstate 40 is blocked up. You know, we've got to go around there. That could give people that are listening to say, hey, you know what? Let's not take 40. Let's take some other road. You know, if you can listen to them, and usually truckers will tend to stick to certain channels depending on the direction they're going. So one of the things I read, I think 17 goes east to west and 19 goes north to south. So I'm trying I'm trying to remember. So I believe I'm trying to think what it is. It was either it was either nine or nineteen was emergency channel. I think it's nine. It's channel nine, I okay. think. Okay. So yeah, anytime in that's that's not that strict of a thing anymore. Maybe it was back in the day. So I know, like, nowadays, I'll, you know, if there's if I see the highways backed up and I'm stuck in traffic, I'll jump on the CB, I'll jump to Channel 9, and the truckers will just be in there chit-chatting about what's going on. So, And I know that's not supposed to be what's happening, but that's what they're doing. No, and that's when, you know, <laughs> CB radios got real popular. You know, a lot of your, your highway patrol, your, your fire stations, dispatches, stuff like that, they would listen to Channel 9, and that was the designated emergency channel. Right. But, yeah, times have changed. Everybody has a cell phone now, and it's, it's just how it is. But that, that was my always the understanding of it. That was an emergency channel to contact help if you needed it. Right. And now it's just chatter. Pretty about, much. Hey, there's yeah, some some idiot put their van into a tree, you know, two mile markers up. Now they're blocking the whole road. Blah yeah. blah blah. Like yeah. that's you Here, know. here's my phone number. Send me a picture of it. Right. You know? Yeah. That's pretty much what's going on now. And then nineteen was is widely utilized. A lot of them use nineteen, and a lot of them use seventeen. It, and and I've read some things. It depends on the state that you're in. Like I think California uses their own their own channel just for like California communications. But yeah, it's like 19, 19 and 17 are the two big ones. Now, granted, yeah, you've got 40 other channels. So if you want to carry on a private with, you know, quotation marks, you can switch over to another channel. Right. Yeah, no. And I understand that. But the problem is if you tell somebody, okay, let's talk about one thing we should get into with this comms thing is maintaining a little bit of privacy and a little bit of OPSEC on comms. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yes. All right. So I think, all right, so number one, 
If you're having a, if you need to have a sensitive conversation with somebody, you shouldn't be doing it over a radio, regardless. You need to be using some sort of code words. Right, code words are key. Privacy is key. So even if you tell, you know, you don't want to say, uh, "Hey, Rusty, I'm going to jump over to Channel Five so we can have a private conversation." Exactly. Because as soon as everybody hears that, everybody's going to Channel Five. You need to right? say, you need to say, "Hey, Jester, we need to go to Channel Delta," and then me and you need to have an understanding of what Delta is. And then that way we can switch to, say, channel 17. Right. And that way it'll buy us a little bit of time. So learning code is very important. So I would prefer to have something where we say something to the effect, you know, the truck's out of gas, i got to figure out a new plan. And we know that that plan is to jump to a new channel, not necessarily that there's going to be a private conversation. Right. Because as soon as somebody hears jump channel or this channel code, blah, 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 let me start scanning. Right. Let and me that, start scanning. And that's where in the amateur radio community they have Q codes, and one of them is QSY. And even if we're on CB and say, hey, Jester, I'm getting queasy, we know to switch to another channel. So you can kind of do stuff like that. Now, you can't encrypt a, a radio channel. You're, from what I understand, you're not even really supposed to use codes. But again, though, we could keep it discreet and say, hey, I'm getting queasy. And me and you are going to know to switch to channel 12 or whatever. Right. Buy us a couple of minutes, and then we can say what we need to say and get on with the next one. Want to be a guest on the show? Email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. That's it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Right. And I mean, the other part of this, guys, is not utilizing any familiar landmarks in in your radio transmissions as well. Doing that directly tells people where you're at, right? right? So if I say, Rusty, meet me meet me down by the river, and you're, in, you're using a radio that only has a couple mile radius, there's probably only going to be one river. So funny story. Just a good example. Yeah, one of the books that I was reading, they came up with, they were going on a mission, and they renamed some of the cities and towns along the way to famous theme parks. So that would be a way to say, hey, I'm on my way to Magic Kingdom. And then me and you could say, all right, well, he is somewhere near Asheville. And all right, now, all right, we're on our way to Epcot. Okay, he's on his way towards Hendersonville or wherever. So it just comes down to being able to come up with a code with your buddies and however you want to do it. So that way everybody knows what channel to be on and where I am if I say something. Here, have a lollipop. Have a lollipop. Sounds fantastic. We got lollipops in the studio today. Apple. <laughs> no, but I mean that—that's a big thing. Renaming stuff that you know you guys are going to have to get familiar with is a big part of this. Now, the other part of this is not letting this information get too far out there because if you let it get too far out there, this compromises everything. That needs to stay within your group. It does, or or, or your inner circle, as Al would say. Right, keep it in the inner circle. The last thing you want to do is have somebody alerted to your plans because the fact of the matter is these people aren't enemies right now, but they could very well become enemies overnight given the situation. Absolutely. Right? And if you guys – so here's what I learned. I don't know much about ham radios, but you know what I did learn? Hmm. I did learn that pretty much every town out there has a ham radio club. Yep. That means every town out there has a handful of nerds. Yep. And you know what these nerds are doing? Playing with radios. Playing with the radios, and they're constantly fucking listening in on signals, right? (laughs) 
And some of these guys, they're super nerds. So the super nerds can triangulate your positions. Yes, that's called uh, it's called a, it's called fox hunting or a fox chase is what they call them. Right. So, say that Mister Nerdo over here gets compromised, and somebody comes in and and they're putting pressure on this guy, and they say, "Hey, we heard these people having all this chatter. They sound like we're doing good. We need to figure out where they're at." Right. Well, now Mister Nerdo might help them out, and now you're really screwed. So your your only hope is that. Th- your only hope is that they're operating on a repeater because then they're going to trace that signal back to the repeater, which is going to take time. Once they get there, if you continue to communicate with them, then they'll be able to kind of hone in on where you are. So if you're using a simplex, which is two people operating on the same frequency, it wouldn't be overly difficult to figure out where they're coming from unless they're using um, Invis which is pretty much where you send a signal straight up on HF. It bounces off the ionosphere and comes straight back down. They're going to have a hard time with that. But how many people know how to do that? Okay. Well, obviously not me. I don't either. Like this, <laughs> this is, you know, you're bouncing it off of the ionosphere and it's coming back down and it's blanketing an entire area. And it's, it's okay. This is way above my pay grade, but that is an option to kind of defeat that. So let's let's talk about this in the comms world. What would be the hardest radios to triangulate? Probably that way right there would be would be bouncing up and coming back down. But once they figure that out, they're going to know you're within a certain area. So if, gotcha. if me and you are trying to talk and we're say forty miles away from each other, I bounce a signal off the ionosphere and come back down. Somebody could triangulate and say, you know what? They're somewhere in this county. And then it's just a matter of trying to figure out by process of elimination to figure it out. Now, you can also do propagation, which is bouncing signals off of the ionosphere. So if I'm in my home state and you're in your home state, if it's a possibility to do it, we could talk to each other by ham radio, by the radio waves, and we're 400 miles apart. See, and this is and like, okay, so everybody in in – out there that's listening right now, probably going to tell me I'm a hypocrite. I've said fuck a license for years, right? Yeah, I agree. Because when shit hits the fan, you're not going to need it. Right. But now I have a different train of thought, a little bit different of a train of thought. So say that you're where you're at, right? shit starts hitting the fan. You right. lose cell signal, you lose power, you lose this, you lose that. There might be a chance that we might be able to communicate through the hams while the FCC is still running. Yes. And I could get a heads up from you on what's going on or vice versa. Right. Now, I will have a solar generator. I will have backup means for power. So I will be able to keep my radios charged. Right. That's not an issue at right. all. Right. Um, so Mr. Nerdo that has the repeater probably has a generator too. Right. Okay. So at the end of the day, in the grand scheme of things, it might be better to have a license to be able to communicate quickly yeah. and efficiently if something is about to break bad. And that's where, like I tell, just get the license because you need the license to learn. You can read everything in the book and you can understand it 120%, but until you actually do it, you're not going to understand. You can read every book out there, Jester, and say, okay, I know how to do this, that, and the third. 
okay, well, now it's time to talk to Rusty, and I, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's you got to get the license to learn how to do it. It Honestly, it's $35, and it's good for 10 years. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's one of the few things the government makes sense on. $35 <laughs> for 10 years, and you know, depending on your level of license, you can talk to people wherever you want. is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.